This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And good evening, UK. Good afternoon, America. Wherever else you're watching, great to have you join us on another Hearts of Oak interview live tonight. Always fun going live. And if I can just give a moment to make sure we are live, my moderator team can just confirm we should be up on Rumble, on the website, on Facebook, on Twitter, on DLive, on CloudHub, on Getter. Um, and also, uh, I think we also will stream on Mary Grace's Facebook and Twitter. But it is absolutely wonderful to have Mary Grace with us this evening. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to be here. And I the privilege of meeting Grace over a cup of coffee last week um, on the opposite side of the pond. And it's wonderful that we can come together so quickly. So thank you so much for coming on. And you can follow Mary, marygracemedia.com and get all the links there. If I can give just a, a quick overview, I will let Mary open up. But Mary Grace is the owner and founder of Mary Grace Media Network and the host of Grace Time TV, an independent journalist, commentator, public speaker, accomplished vocalist, songwriter, entrepreneur. You need to unpack some of that, Mary. Can you take a moment or two and give us a, a shortened version of who you are before we get into uh, the subject at hand, which is information warfare and what we face? Certainly I will. I, I'm one of those people that I guess I would call myself an accidental podcaster. Uh, I did study journalism in school. Uh, I majored in English, uh, undergraduate at the University of Virginia. Um, and then I, I went on actually to get a master's in, in teaching. So that's an advanced degree, I guess, for, for you guys. Uh, and, um, and I didn't realize at the time uh, that, that it would bring me full circle into having a live show, uh, into uh, traveling and, and broadcasting uh, on location from certain areas. It actually all started during the campaign uh, for President Trump, for the, the first presidential campaign in 2016. And that's a long story. Uh, but it was one of those situations where I, I became aware when I was watching the news, uh, in this case, media, mainstream media, that I was just not being told the full truth about things. It, you know, I had this niggling feeling that it just wasn't something was up, you know, maybe it was the fact that everybody hated him all of a sudden. And so it had got my spidey senses tingling. And then next thing you know, I was public enemy number one, because I had put my support behind this man who everybody had formerly loved. And, uh, and so it just, it, it sort of steeled my resolve uh, to seek the truth, which is something that I've always wanted, always valued. Uh, and, and my first, my very first podcast was on my Periscope channel, which used to be linked to Twitter. And it actually happened uh, in, the, in the town of Charlottesville, Virginia, after the unpleasant situation there, uh, you know, where President Trump was kind of tied to that violence, unjustly mm -hmm. so. And we're finding that out now through the Twitter revelations. Um, but, you know, I was, I was 
sort of asked by my Twitter followers to go live, um, you know, on some issues. And, and I just started broadcasting and, and people liked what I had to say. And it just became something that I did more regularly. That's how I got into it. Uh, so I've always been a communicator, always been a teacher. I think a lot of my platform centers around teaching and helping people to understand and breaking down information. That's how I got here. Yeah. Okay. Well, tonight we're going to look at information warfare, yeah. finding the path to truth. Uh, and I know we've certainly experienced that that war which is happening. You've experienced it for much longer than than we have, Mary. Um, and I liked whenever we were talking before your kind of subheading, finding the path to truth. That it is something that is massively under attack. That simple word, truth, five letters, mm -hmm. and means so much. But you, you mentioned about the. There are so many areas, I guess, information warfare. You mentioned about uh, President Trump whenever he was running. Uh, mm -hmm. That was the first time. So your first podcast was what, like 2015, 2016? Uh, it, it was 2017, I think. 17, okay. Yeah, it, it was very interesting because, you know, I, I, I was actually going into a Whole Foods store in, in the town of Charlottesville, and I was wearing my Make America Great Again hat. <laughs> which, which really, it's like, it's like, you know, the red cape to the bowl. Yeah. And, uh, and I just put up a, a screenshot on Twitter and I said, Hey, I'm going in, pray for me. Right. And, uh, and people wanted me to stream from inside the store and I, I didn't want to do that, but it, it was, it was very interesting. Um, and so I got in the car, I jumped in the car and I went live to describe that experience, which, which really, uh, wasn't, um, what I had expected it to be. I, I met a family in the parking lot on the way in who uh, were like-minded and stopped me and, and we took pictures together and they said, Oh, I love your hat. Um, you know, and there were some people in the store who were visibly shaken by the fact that I was wearing this hat. <laughs> and, and the thing that I think is so interesting is, is that this was around the time, if, if you recall uh, president Trump's inauguration, it was uh it was followed directly by the women's march. Uh, and, and that was a time of just unbelievable hysteria yep. in Washington, DC. Some people will recall that Madonna was uh, on record saying that she's thought about blowing up the white house, uh, which, which really is an act of violence. Well, one of the things that, that was being done at that time was that the, um, the extreme, the extreme factions uh, in this case, on the left, I, I, I hesitate to, to label Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, because there's, there's an extremist element behind a lot of this. Yeah. And, and the other people who have fallen in line with this, in my opinion, uh, are, are people that have been very easily swayed. Some people call them useful idiots. That's Saul Alinsky's word for it. Uh, and he was a, a mentor of Hillary Clinton, by the way, for people who don't know that, uh, rules for radicals. And so a lot of people were just caught into the emotion of the situation. And, but that was the time when the extremists on the left, I, the radical left, will say, were starting to uh, really take over the lexicon of everyday conversation and thought. And what they did was that they redefined violence to include words. And this is important for people to understand because in redefining 
violence to include words words are violence that that would ha- that that justified uh that justified um physical violence on their part for example if i was in a crowd uh if i was demonstrating and i said to somebody uh you know president trump is is the rightful president if the individual that i said that to perceived that as violence they would use that as justification for a physical attack against me and they would call it self defense this is this is so critical for people to understand this because it it has this this belief system uh has has carried into what we are dealing with today and it's revealed itself um blatantly uh in and what we are seeing unfolding in the twitter files revelations uh specifically that have come out in the last two weeks i believe the first one was released on the 3rd of december um and so so this is we're actually coming full circle and seeing the decisions that have been made based on that belief and it's 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 incredible to see it um so that's where we are with this and um and and we're seeing it play out we're we're seeing the results of it we're we're living through the results of it uh there are lots of examples that have um of of how the language has been um has been manipulated and how information has been used to sway and uh and to drive public opinion and public policy international policy health policy uh public policy across the board and so that's what uh that's what has been foremost on my mind lately when i talk to people because you know i have a mandate to help people walk into their destiny to equip them to do that that is that is what i see as a big part of my mission but people have to be able to discern the truth in order for me to help them <laughs> and, no, and so I'm, I'm laying the foundation no i agree and <clears throat> this year one of the one of the key questions in my mind has been a question that was asked 2000 years ago by pilate whenever he asked jesus what is truth and we've seemingly had generations been able to understand that and been able to answer that and now we come to a time where uh, you you can't even ask the question. It's not a case of understanding and answering. Is that you can't even ask the question? I think the three big areas that we've the the battle lines, I guess, for what is truth and and what is a lie is has been the Trump and U.S. elections, has been the the pandemic or the scamdemic. Take it as you want. Uh, and also, I think we're seeing certainly here, and I guess you're seeing there, the rise of the LGBT lobby, especially an angry and aggressive T lobby within that. And mm-hmm. then you've got, of course, the attack on conservative values, Christian values. But I think those three, the Trump coming, and it's suddenly things begin to change. And you're right, the the anger that those on the other side seem to have and a rational discussion, debate, conversation goes completely out the window. Um, and we don't have anything, well, we I wish we had a Trump figure over here in, in the UK, but we don't have a figure that is feared, I guess, as much as Trump is on the left. Um, and I've been blown away by how militant 
group society become simply because someone gets elected and they don't get the choice. I, every four years you get the chance and here, you can mm-hmm. do better next time, guys. But no, they're not willing to accept that. Mm-hmm. Well, there there are reasons for that and, we're, and those are starting to come to light as well. Uh, one of the things that, that I think people uh, really... Um, should really need to understand is that there's there's a bigger intent behind a lot of of what we're seeing and one of the things that i think people don't understand about about donald trump is um and and i hopefully this will help some of your listeners and some of some people who may be offended by him because he he's a very strong personality uh to, to put it to say the least mildly, to put it yeah. mildly yeah <laughs> incredibly strong personality and I, and I think I think for the mild-mannered British uh you know who who have that stiff upper lip mentality um you guys really aren't as forthright uh in your conversation as as a lot of Americans are uh now now some you know it depends on regionally where you are in the U.S. there's there's different perceptions of what politeness is um, but President Trump, th- let me unpack this a little bit, because one thing I want to say about our political class here in the U.S., uh, one thing that he has revealed is that it's been rigged and it's been it has been a a, a basically a club, a big club that we're not in for a very, very long time. Some of us call it the Uniparty. And you mentioned that the elections happen every four years. Well, what we've seen and what we have been conditioned uh, to receive and accept is that the parties tend to trade off every four to eight years. And then we have two chambers uh, in our legislature, which is the Congress, the U.S. Congress, and that's the House of Representatives and the Senate, collectively known as Congress, uh, for my U.K. listeners and global listeners. But this is important to understand because what we have seen typically is that there's just a lot of pushing and pulling and back and forth. Typically when you have the president of one party in power, the Congress, at least one house of Congress will be a majority in another, uh, in another party. Okay. And, and so we've been conditioned for a very long time to, to accept that and to think, okay, well, we'll get it next time. We'll, you know, uh, they'll come back in four years and, you know, we'll take back the presidency. And at the time that, um, that, that President Trump was running for office in 2016, um, he came in as really the underdog in a field of Republicans, which are what we call rhinos, Republicans in name only. So they're wearing the R next to their name, um, but they're part of that big club that does the trade-off year after year. If you remember earlier elections where Romney lost to Obama and then McCain lost to Obama, that was just part of the deal, right? Yeah. They, they, they promised them different positions. Uh, Hillary Clinton didn't get the nomination, uh, didn't get the nomination in 2008. That's how she got Secretary of State. So you see, there's a lot of backroom wheeling and dealing and, and promises. And so when it came to 2016, she was intended by the club, uh, the establishment, to be the president. And when President Trump came in uh, to the field, 
it, it's just sort of rocked everybody's world because, you know, here you had this establishment field of candidates who people knew that, you know, at least one of them would be chosen and would be controlled. And then they would they would tolerate them for four years and then they would put their person in. That was the way it was supposed to be if they couldn't get Hillary Clinton in. OK, and, um, and and so what he did was he upset everything. He came in and uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign actually uh, tried to tried to get him nominated. They I don't know if you know that they um, they actually uh, there's a word for it. There's a, a terminology uh, that they were doing. They sort of um, it, it was called like a Pied Piper technique where they were promoting him, trying to get him the nomination because they didn't take him seriously. They thought that she would run away with the election if she were up against him. And then we saw what happened. The momentum behind President Trump, candidate Trump became so big. And, you know, he resonated with so many people. He resonated with what it was called the uh, the silent majority, um, which turned out to be the monster vote. These were the people who didn't poll. And this is why when we look at their cheating, we can see now that they didn't plan well enough to cheat in 2016 because they didn't account for those people. Their system wasn't as sophisticated as it is now. And, and so let's go back to President Trump. Why is he so divisive? Why is he so, uh, why is he so much of a wrecking ball? What I just explained to you is the, is the framework uh, for people to understand why he is so hated. He's not hated because of the historical uh, Donald Trump who built a real estate empire, a media empire, all of those things. Everybody loved him then. Everybody wanted his money. They wanted his endorsement. They wanted his backing. He was a Democrat who contributed to a lot of Democrat causes. He went to their weddings, their bar mitzvahs, et cetera. He was all of those things. Um, but what happened when he came in to say that he was going to drain the swamp is that he was using the language of the people and he was not somebody who could be controlled. Every other candidate in that field of Republicans could be controlled. And if you if you listen to the way that they talk, one of the things that you constantly heard from the media was Trump is just not presidential. Yeah. He's not he's not presidential. And and what they meant by that was. He's not uh, talking out of both sides of his mouth. He actually says what he means, and he means what he says, and he follows through on it. And we saw that even in the first hundred days of his uh, of his um, presidency. Okay, he got so much done, and and so these are the reasons that people find him so offensive is because they've been conditioned to to listen to politicians and hear political gobbledygook, sort of like the Charlie Brown teacher, wah, 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 wah. And they've been, been conditioned to go to the ballot box to cast their vote for the president and then to let what whatever comes play out for four years and then go back and do their civic duty again. And everybody in the media and in the establishment uh, was very happy with that because they're the ones who are getting wealthy and who are gaining power in these positions, not the people that elected them to represent them. And, and so, you know, when President Trump 
came on the scene, it just completely upset the entire balance of power. This is what I, I wish more people understood this. Um, and he's, he's so transparent with the people that it, that is what brings offense. People have been conditioned. And I want to speak to Christians specifically here for a moment because, because Christians have been conditioned uh, to accept um, and believe that that poli- that politics should never ever be brought into the church, and and that that talking about things that are real, like human trafficking, like the drug trade, like um, our money being uh, sent overseas with no accountability, all of the things that like bringing up all of the questions that nobody would ever ask. Um, Christians were conditioned to be polite yeah. and to to look at their politicians uh, in the same way and to expect that level of politeness. I want to be very clear. It's not politeness. It's lying. Okay. Politicians have been lying to you for a long, long, long time. And here's a newsflash. A lot of ministers have been lying to you for a very, very long time. And they've been telling you that you're not supposed to get involved. That's just not true. And so when the spirit of offense rises up, the question that people need to be asking themselves is, why am I so offended by this person? What is it that he's saying or doing that is is causing me offense? And, and then we go back to the time you know, when Jesus was going into the temple and flipping tables. Yeah. And, and calling the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. Um, and, and he was bringing, you know, the, the spirit of offense was on full display there. And, and so, you know, for those of you who are inclined to be offended in this very moment, I want to make it clear that I am not comparing President Trump to Jesus Christ. I am, <laughs> I am telling you that the same spirit yeah. that was offended by the things that Jesus did is operating today in the church among Christians, among Jews, even among Muslims, okay? So I want to be very clear about that. If if you are offended by the words of a man who is telling you the truth, then you are much more susceptible uh, to being manipulated by people who will tell you that words are violence. Yeah, it's, a sequ- it's a sequential manipulation. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. And I think now in this current uh, season of Christmas, when people hear meek and mild, and you think, no, no, that's not biblical. That's just a Christmas carol. (laughs) But can I ask, there are just two parts, obviously, about information. And we're seeing some of this being overturned, the information, the the 6th of January. uh, And that being, I guess, used now as a way of of stopping Trump running again and mm-hmm. holding him back. And of course, you've got the uh, the election of 2020 and you've got the midterms uh, where the public are just told that you no, know, the Republicans haven't, haven't won. Actually, uh, Biden is slow and dippy and uh, out of it as he is. Actually, he's won. He's, he's done a, a great job. And that we're seeing that a pushback, um, and I'm wondering, will we see a a big enough pushback with 
I guess, with Musk beginning to release information. I'm really curious to see how deeply he delves into the 6th of January and into uh, information on the elections. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? What I think is happening with we with Elon Musk, I think that Elon is one of one of a number of individuals who has, um, in my opinion, been chosen to be a spokesperson uh, for truth. Uh, and, and I think that let's go back to when President Trump was was brought into the picture. Um, he he came in like a bull in a china shop. <laughs> And, and just completely shattered everybody's illusions yep. of what they've been told and, and upset a lot of people in the process. Now, I think that, I think that Elon Musk is pay, playing an important role, and that is that he is, he is one of the spokespeople who is going to help bridge the gap uh, between what is true, what has always been true, and what people have been led to believe. Because there are, because of a small number of people relatively worldwide in in the media, and when I say media right now, I'm referring to uh, big tech, uh, the people who are running these social media platforms. I'm referring to individuals in newsrooms around the world who get their talking points uh, from one centralized uh, uh, messaging uh, platform. These are the primary forces behind the message that has been poured into people's heads for the past six or seven years since the day that President Trump walked down the elevator. It's been longer than that, actually, but people are just starting to be aware of it. Um, For anybody that wants to dig deeper on what has been going on with the messaging, with the programming in the media, I encourage everyone to go to outofshadows.org. It's not the shadows, it's outofshadows.org. Mike Smith is a filmmaker who worked in Hollywood, and he does an incredible job of detailing just how the programming has been happening through the media for a very long time. Uh, but I don't want to get into the weeds on that. I want people to understand that that what we're starting to see is that a very small, small group of individuals has been responsible for driving the the belief systems and the narratives of the world. And this has been this has been exacerbated a thousandfold with the start of the pandemic. And and it's be, and people have become more aware of it. So where does Musk come into this? Musk comes into it uh, if you if you see what we're doing as a race, uh, a race to win the information war. President Trump was the first one out of the blocks, and he has carried the baton for quite some time, and he's helped wake up a lot of people. Uh, he has along the way been passing that baton in the information war to a number of people. And this is an analogy, people. I'm not, I don't know if President Trump is working specifically with Musk. This is just my perception. And this is an analogy to help you understand what I see as what is happening 
in this information war, because it is a war. It's a war for your mind. It's a war for your beliefs. It's a war for your thoughts. And as a man thinketh, so he is. And this is so important. And the, the people who are behind this understand it. And so con- if picture, if you will, in your mind's eye, President Trump passing the baton now to a couple of different people. Yeah. The one that's at the forefront right now is Elon Musk. Ironically, both Democrats, President Trump started as a Democrat. Elon Musk is a Democrat. Um, and this is, I think, strategic as well in, in the plan you know, that, that I think is kind of afoot here to win mm-hmm. the information war. But Elon Musk is, he, he's a messenger. He is providing the platform and the means to correct the record on a number of things. Um, he is not afraid uh, because again, he has, he has the resources uh, to, to be his own man and to think for himself um, and to speak truth. And he also has the ability now to push back against the people who would silence the truth. Uh, and he's doing that in a couple of ways. He's opening the Pandora's box of lies and manipulation that has been behind closed doors at Twitter for a very long time. Anybody with any intellectual curiosity is now looking at the Twitter files and going, gee, I wonder if this was happening at Facebook. It is happening at Facebook. I wonder if this is happening at Google. I wonder if this is happening at other uh, big tech entities. Gosh, huh, doesn't take a genius to figure out the answer to that. And so when I say Pandora's box, that's really what he's doing. Um, now, what will what how much of a role will will Elon continue to have? I don't know. Uh, but he's he certainly has rocked the boat up until now. Um, and what I think is amazing is that he he's doing it in such a way that um, he's doing it in such a way that, it is, it's palatable, as, as palatable as can be yeah. to, to what we call normies, all right? Um, and, and this is, and, and I'm using that word in, in a loving way, um, as opposed to people like me that have been taking deep dives into this for a long time. There are people who just haven't gotten it. There are people who haven't had the time. There are people who've been working three and four jobs just trying to make ends meet. And so, you know, they have, they have believed for a very long time that the institutions that they have been told to trust are in fact trustworthy. When the pandemic started, um, that brought on a great deal of cognitive dissonance because the biggest mistake that the people behind the pandemic made was that they they gave hardworking people the opportunity to have more time on their hands. Yeah. That was a big tactical error. And all of a sudden these people were ha- were having conversations and and sharing information, you know, with with websites like Out of Shadows. Um somebody said Facebook won't let you post it. My recommendation is that you spell it out, out of shadows, D-O-T-O-R-G. Okay. Put a space. Um, So that tells you right there how important that website is. All right. 
Um, but what happened was, you know, people were were starting to wake up. And not only that, they were seeing what was happening in their children's school lessons. All of a sudden, the entire classroom was being zoomed into the living room. And that, that to me was the biggest tactical error that they could have made in the information war, because people were starting to slowly wake up. However, there are still a lot of people asleep. I believe that Elon's role is to bridge that gap between the the glass breaking uh, emergency messaging of a person like Trump, right? And uh, the people who still think that information should be doled out to them from a trustworthy source and that it should be palatable. I mean, let's face it. We have a lot of people who are, um, we have a lot of people who, Christians, who still want to be bottle fed milk. Yeah even though Paul exhorts the Christians that it's time to um, eat meat. And, and so Elon Musk is actually making it a little bit palatable for people by allowing this information to be dripped out slowly. And I think something interesting that he's doing also is that he's cleaning up the platform. He, he's cleaning the bots off of the platform. Yeah, And this is probably a good chance for me to, segue into how how the um how the information has been controlled and manipulated through ai and electronic means it, it's not just the words that are coming out of the mouths of people in the media it is actually the messaging that's being driven across these platforms and this is this is a critical piece of the information war that people um, I, I want you to take this away today and start to pray for discernment and use this in your interactions that you're having with real people, but also online. Uh, because when you start to understand this piece, uh, it will put so much into perspective for you. Do you have that graphic that, that I yeah. sent you earlier? Okay, this is so interesting. Um, this is a graphic uh, that that I came. This this is something that happened in real time the other day on Twitter, and um, this is a um, this is a screenshot of the replies that were coming up in a thread about student loan forgiveness. As as you may know, here in the U.S., mm -hmm. uh, there's a real crisis of debt, um, and it has to do with predatory lending. Yeah. Um, that that has been done through the universities for quite some time. And I don't want to get into the nuances of um, of you know whether that's right or wrong, but what I do want is is for people to see if you can if you can zoom in guys or take a screenshot if you're on your phone here and and zoom in on this later. this is this is a really interesting, um, series of replies that are coming up. I'm going to pull it up on my phone here so I can read it. This is very interesting because Elon Musk was put up a post about um, student loans. And these replies came in succession. Uh, I'm going to read it to you. And it's the same reply from all of these different accounts. It says that seals it Oh, sorry, this is this is not the student loan issue. Sorry, there was a whole different one with student loan. Uh, apologies. This is even better because this is the people that are telling, saying that they're going to bail on yeah. Twitter um, because of what President, or b because of what Elon Musk is doing. Okay, apologies. 
uh, <laughs> I, sh I should have zoomed in. Um, <laughs> there you go. I've zoomed there, in as much as I can. There, there there's, you go. there's so many examples that I, I was, you know, I got confused with which one I was using. <laughs> Um, I have the screenshots on the student loan one as well. Okay, so let's back up to this. So, so Elon was basically, you know, talking about what he's doing, and um, and 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 people are upset because you know the same people that said they were going to move to Canada if President Trump got elected are now saying they're going to leave Twitter. But yeah. here you go. I want you to see this. It says that seals it. I'm no longer a Twitter user. Been a loyal supporter since 2015. And this is the final straw. Elon has turned this app into a disaster and it's only getting worse. Deactivating tonight and taking my talents to Instagram where they run a good app. Okay, now guess what the next tweet says? That seals it. I'm no longer a Twitter user. Been a loyal supporter since 2006. And this is the final straw. Elon has turned this app into a disaster. It's only getting worse. Deactivating tonight and taking my talents to Instagram where they run a good app. Guys, this is a bot. Okay. Yeah. All right. So thank you for showing that. <laughs> Apologies for the confusion. But so so this is this is so telling. All right. Um, because because this is this has been par for the course across social media for years now and why does it matter why is it um why is it important that people understand this now elon has been working since he got acquisition of this platform to identify and eradicate the bots now some of you may be thinking that's the least of our problems I mean, you know, the economy, like there's, there's real world problems happening. Why are bots an issue? I'm going to tell you why it's one of the most important things that he could be doing. And that is because the bots have been used against you. In an yeah. information war, bots are actual ammunition. And they have been pointed at you and at your mind. And they have been used to manipulate public policy They've been used to manipulate decisions that politicians have made. They have been used to manipulate policy decisions uh, by big tech platforms mm -hmm. across the board. And this, it, it has affected your life um, in many ways far more than if somebody actually turned a kinetic weapon against you. And I'm going to explain to you an example of how that has happened. Um, and, and how it happened during the pandemic. Uh, one of the things that you, you may have figured out, maybe you don't know this because most people aren't close to campaigns and politicians. I've spent some time around politicians. And one of the things that I know is that they don't understand social media. They usually outsource it. Yes. And however, however, they do understand public opinion and they are driven by public opinion. And so take what you know now about bots and take what you know about what drives politicians and their decisions. And let's go back to the beginning of 2020 when the pandemic was just getting started. Let's go back and, and think about what was happening in the media. What was the first thing that people saw when they were hearing about this virus at the time, they were calling it by its rightful name, which I'm not going to say here because I don't want your channel to get taken down. <laughs> but they were calling it that W word, yeah. and um, and and they were they were taking that, uh, they were they were talking about it and speculating to see like where it was coming from, what was going to happen. But the other thing that was happening was that there were images and videos that were proliferating across 
the internet and across uh, conventional media, one of the uh, most um, one of the most uh, horrific images and videos that was circulating was of individuals in um, that big country with a C um, who were falling over dead in the streets. You guys remember that? I mean, they would they would be standing there, they'd be standing there, you know, just fine, and then boom, they would be falling over, and then all of these people in hazmat gear would be coming and dragging them off. That's what was happening. The other thing that that we saw was that people were getting physically locked into their homes to be forced to isolate and quarantine. Do you guys remember that? Yep. And and so. This is very interesting because knowing what we know now about the control that these social media platforms have over what is allowed to trend, um, why was that allowed to trend? Why was that the video that was chosen uh, to be shared publicly on all of these media networks around the world? Why that? And then I want to ask you, in your own personal experience, through the last almost three years now, did you ever personally see any person doing that? Did you ever see a human being who came down with that virus dropping on the ground and being hauled off into a meat wagon? No. Anybody? Okay. So you, many of us were manipulated. <laughs> um, that was that was a mass manipulation, and I will even go so far as to use a term um, from a book called "Rape of the Mind." That was a, a collective worldwide mind rape. Okay, important to understand because one of the primary objectives in the information war is to take over people's thought processes okay. and their ability to reason. So think about this. Most of the people, many of the people that you know are incredibly accomplished, very smart people with advanced degrees. And a lot of them seem to drink to, to have drank the Kool-Aid to, to an advanced level that nobody ever thought possible. And, and they, they turned rabidly vicious against friends and neighbors. Why is that? I'll tell you why because fear fear is 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 one of the most powerful tools that can be used because what happens in in a fear situation is that it actually affects the entire ability to reason mm. people who are in a fear in a heightened fear state cannot think logically um and if you think about this you you look at movies where somebody goes into a state of shock um, they sort of have to be slapped out of it, right? Um, it's 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 humorous on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's it's actually true. And, and and the problem that we encountered here is that we only had at the time one person who was even and initially, you know, we had one person who was interested in slapping people out of the state of fear, and um and that was that was President Trump, you know. Yeah that the media was furious with him for telling people that it was going to be okay. When he was in his briefings in the white house, uh, once the, you know, once we knew that this was a thing, 
um, he they they turned on. I mean, they they were vicious and demanding why he would tell people that it was going to be okay. Um, so so this is a mechanism that I think you know people really have not understood, and 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 part of what I really want to share constantly is I want people to have those concrete examples mm -hmm. because when you have the tools and when you have the examples, then it is it is really it's easier to recognize. Um, you know, you you don't know what you don't know, and and a lot of us have been have been swayed by these tactics without even realizing it. Yeah. Um, I know we're coming up on time here. How are we doing? I, it's just well, it's good, but I, I, I just um, we could talk for a long time, but we'll not. Yeah. Uh, well, but one thing I wanted, I think, was the a State of Fear book by Laura Dowd, was it? And she talks about as a journalist, she spent six months trying to get to the those videos and trying to understand where they were, how they happened. And after six months, she said, no one knows where they came from. They literally appeared, um, and. Yeah. That's frightening on that happening. But can I also just on the on the bots, uh, another bot we've seen very regular. I've seen a lot of screenshots of them together. Or as someone will say, I've just had COVID. Uh, I am glad I've had my four jabs because if I didn't, I would be seriously yeah. ill. Get your jab. And yeah. it's reinforcing the government's message, but and they're copied and pasted just like the ones yeah. you showed. And I'm wondering how far, because I think Fauci had said that his pronouns were prosecuted Fauci yesterday or today. Elon said that, yeah. Oh, sorry, Elon said that. Um, and I'm wondering, actually, wow, I thought, I read that and thought, that's bold. Where are you going to go with this? And. I'm wondering yeah. how he uses his influence to go after those who are, um, what they've done is really quite evil in mm -hmm. taking people's lives away, watching people die, destroying livelihoods, everything. And prosecute Fauci, that rings true with, with hundreds of millions of people whose eyes have been opened and realized. And I wonder what your thoughts are on mm -hmm. where he may go with that. Well, you know, we haven't even gotten into the weeds on the internal communications between Fauci and his department and Twitter and the heads of Twitter. Um, one of the things that we found out today in the Twitter files uh, on Barry, by Barry Weiss uh, on Twitter was, was doing the commentary. She did say that the day after the decision was made uh, to ban President Trump from Twitter, uh, the staff immediately turned their attention to uh, banning what they call disinformation around uh, medical practices, and uh, and so I thought that was very interesting because they just they just went you know full bore after that. Um, I think that I, I have a feeling the next I think the next installment will be more revelations about uh, this person's um, I, I, I the sociopath <laughs> um, about his involvement here and his direction around the messaging. But one thing I want to make clear about this as well is that, you know, at a certain point, when, when you get people brainwashed enough, yeah. um, you, you don't actually even have to direct their thought uh, because, because they become fully immersed in the narrative. And, and they are the ones that are actually pushing the narrative from that point. And you can see this in the internal messaging 
uh, with these Twitter employees. Um, and and th- again, this is a this is a handful of people who are are a bunch of little brats, in my opinion, yeah. who have been mind raped into believing that um, that President Trump is, is is a is a dictator on the level of Hitler or Mussolini, and that his followers and supporters are literal terrorists. And so from that point on, any decision that they make um, is colored by that belief. Again, going into the language, uh, any, anybody who's thinking rationally is going to look at the word terrorist and realize that a person who shows up you know, carrying an American flag and singing hymns and praying on a street corner yeah. is the furthest thing from a terrorist than that that you could imagine. But they weren't thinking rationally. And 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 the other thing that I have seen as well um, with especially millennials is that you know they have been they have been brought and I think a lot of them are millennials in that in that internal. Um, operations of Twitter, but, you know, they've been brought up to believe that any form of opposition is, uh, is a direct threat to them. They, they haven't been taught to engage in, uh, in meaningful debate and dialogue. Um, they, they feel personally attacked whenever anybody challenges their ideas. And so you couple that with uh, the, the actual, um, the fear mechanism and the post-postmodern uh, usurpation of the language, a- and you have like this this perfect storm of irrational uh, behavior and thought that is driven purely by emotion. And again, we saw this we saw this during COVID uh, in public mm-hmm. when you had people that just absolutely wigged out um, and and you know went violent against individuals who weren't complying. Uh, with the measures that they were supposed to. I mean, I, I was I was assaulted in a store because I didn't have the face diaper on, and um and and the person that you know that that came up to me uh, was you know this close to getting physically violent, but but literally just verbally assaulted me, and, and the store manager was standing there watching it and was was dry, really just egging it on, and um. It, it was like, it was just, the, it was this twilight zone, you know? Mm. Um, and, and so I, I want, I want to go back to Fauci for just a minute, because one of the things that I think I want people to understand is that, um, that, that Fauci has a long history and a lot of, a lot of leftists, uh, especially in, in the gay community, um, actually have always hated him. Yeah. Because of what he did during the AIDS crisis, yeah. you know, he he actually capitalized um, and got wealthy off mm-hmm. of experimental drugs that killed a lot of people in the AIDS community. And people have forgotten yeah. that um, the the fear factor became so overwhelming mm-hmm. that even the people in that in that demographic have just completely forgotten that he was public enemy number one in the eighties because of what he did. Now there is somebody who I think actually knows that. And that's president Trump. I mean, president Trump was, was in New York city, um, living in New York city during the height of the AIDS crisis. There's no way that he didn't know and understand what was happening. Um, you know, president Trump is, is friends with a lot of people 
and you know he's he's very social um you know was was has a media had a media empire a reality show he was around the entertainment industry there is zero way that he didn't know what was going on um with the aids crisis and and there's and and if and and people who think that president trump is is just this big bumbling idiot like the donald right they 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 haven't studied him they don't understand that he's really one of the smartest uh most uh well-informed people that that i've ever seen um if you don't believe me go go to c-span and watch his roundtables that he had during the pandemic he had them almost on a weekly basis um and you can just listen to the conversations that he's having with people from all walks of life and listen to the questions that he asks. And, and if you still think after that, that he's dumb, then you're, you're blind. Um, but let's go back to Fauci. I think when it came to, you know, the, the, the response to COVID, mm. um, President Trump was dealt a raw, raw hand. Um, he was backed into a corner. He was given the people that he was given. Okay. He didn't go out and, and pick Fauci. However, knowing um, who Fauci is and knowing his history, uh, I believe that there's a reason that President Trump gave Fauci the podium um, and let him uh, dig his own grave, mm. so to speak. And I think that, I think that, um, that Elon is aware of that and he's becoming more aware of it as he digs into these internal communications of Twitter. There's no way to look at Fauci's record and to look at his entanglements and to look at his conflicts of interest and not believe that his recommendations and decisions that were made around, uh, around this um, scam uh, were uh, altruistic, shall mm. we say, you know, and, and this is going to be, I, I think for the people that have been really invested in, in the COVID narrative, um, you know, I jokingly call them the branch COVIDians because they became, they had this cult like dedication, yep. Yep. uh, to these rituals. I, I think that there is going to be uh, uh, I think this this round of revelations in the Twitter files is going to is going to really shake a lot of people up. Yeah. Um. And it it's not going to be pretty because you know when you tell somebody when you show them in black and white that they've been lied to and deceived by by the person that they saw as as their savior, um, it's it's not a pretty sight. Uh, and people need to be ready for that. There are people who will never come out of that cult, um, just like in any cult. Uh, they just won't. Um, the ones that do start to wake up, I, mm. I think we need to have grace for them. Um, because again, so many people have been manipulated. They, they've been, they, they've been so, they, they've been pulled so hard down yep. The black hole, and when they start to come out, you know they're they're going to realize that it's like they've been asleep for three years, yep. and they they're going to wake up and they're going to see like, oh, th none of it was true, yeah, you know, 
No, completely. Um, my, you realize how powerful a motivator fear is, um, but I, the the ones that I am angry at are those who have injected this, who should have known better, and yeah, yeah. in future will tell us they were just following orders, and we've heard that before in history. Yeah. It's always dangerous not to think and just do what you're told without actually engaging the mind. Um, Mary, we could talk for a long time more, but yeah. we won't, because it's always good to try and uh, we're, we'll not do a three, four hour uh, not tonight, and I'm sure you've got. Pro- Tell us uh, how often do you put programs out? Tell us uh, what time you normally put them out, when you put them out, and how people can get them. Okay, I, I, I don't have a set time. Um, I, I tend to go for quality over quantity on my show, um, which is not to say that what you're doing here isn't amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I admire people who go, you know, at set times and, and it's just not my, it's not my flow. Yep. Um, and so the best way to find my content is to go to marygracemedia.com. I have a very simple uh, one page site where you can click directly to my social media links. Uh, I, I will be starting to post uh, more on Getter. Um, and, uh, and so those of you who are international, who may be having problems with these other platforms, uh, try, try getter. But, uh, you know, I, there are two things that I do. Uh, one is I do interviews like this. Um, and that content can all be found on all of my platforms, rumble, clout hub, Facebook, getter, uh, for, for, sorry, rumble, Facebook, cloud hub, and Twitter. Yeah. Um, and, and then I do something unique, which is I do these walk and talks and, um, and that is where I, I go live on Facebook because that's that's the only way to do it right now is I go live on Facebook and I I just I just talk I just riff about things that are happening in the news um and it it's literally me walking and talking with my phone um out in nature <laughs> and uh and people like those uh because it's just you know I, that's when I answer questions uh from from my listeners uh so if you are on Facebook please do follow the channel and just keep your notifications uh, live. And, um, and I, I always leave those up. So just go through my channel to find those. I'm going to be trying to do that on Getter as well as soon as I get a little more um, uh, followers over there. So please follow my Getter channel, which is Mary Grace. Um, so that's it for now. And, uh, you know, I, for those of you who are new to me, I, I have interviewed some notables um, Cash Patel is, is one of my favorite interviews. Um, I, I have a regular guest who is a former CIA operator, senior operator, Sam Faddis. A lot of you are familiar with him. Uh, we call that spy talk, Sam the spy. And, uh, he, he's amazing because he also has a background as an attorney. He was an assistant attorney general for the state of Washington. Um, and so, you know, we, we get, we get some really good guests on the show. And by the way, we're going to have you on the show. You and I need to work out the details. Um, but you know, it's like I said, quantity over quality. A lot of people know my channel because I interviewed Jack Maxey who had, who was one of the first people given the Hunter Biden laptop. Um, and that was back in March of this Mm -hmm. year and those went viral. Uh, so, you know, just interesting, whatever is kind of, top of mind is what i try to to bring on and, and talk about on the show and, and i and, yeah there was one that stuck out the praying medic was it 
Oh yes, yes. Praying medic. Um, he he's been banned on a lot of platforms. Okay. He was yeah, he was banned on YouTube the day after the Hunter Biden story broke wow. because he had such a huge following. So wow. they just preemptively banned him. <laughs> um, he has a website called prayingmedic.com. For those of you who are new to Christianity or or who are just looking for um, some understanding spiritually. He has a, a really good series of books uh, that you can find on his website. Um, he has, you know, short books. One of them is, I think, Praying in the Spirit Made Simple. Um, he does a lot of work about dreams um, and understanding how God speaks to people through dreams. He, um, he has a really vibrant, active Telegram channel um, and the focus there really is on spiritual support, um, prayer, uh, healing, and answering people's questions about those things. And, uh, and so even though he's been very active in, in the Anon community and instructing people about what has gone on with that particular letter of the alphabet that I'm not going to say on your platform, the 17th letter, um, he, he really has gotten his start as, as a believer, a former atheist who has led people in prayer for healing and restoration with God. So just, yeah, I'll have him back on. He's a good friend. So when we talk, it's just, it's like old home week. I, so you must have watched that. Yeah. I've caught, caught yeah, one of yeah. them and the title sticks out. His name sticks out. So that's why. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he was a medic. He used to pray for people in the ambulance and they would get healed. Um, and he was, again, he was an atheist who during his work as a medic became a believer, a Christian. And, um, and he, uh, started praying for people in, in the ambulance, like in the five minute ride to the hospital. And so really amazing story. I do recommend that people check him out. I will get him back on the show soon. Yeah. So it's just, it really varies. Um, and, uh, and so, um, just depends. Yeah. But he, but I do recommend that if you are curious in that area, um, his, um, his, uh, his telegram channel is, is where I would go. If you go to his website, prayingmedic.com, I believe there's a link to that so that you don't end up on a fake channel. His telegram channel has several hundred thousand followers. So that's, I, and I think he has a pinned post with a video saying, this is who I am. Okay. So you don't get on the wrong one. Um, somebody was saying, okay, yeah, I do play, I play music. I do, I play the, I'm a singer songwriter. Um, and I, I was telling you before the show, I'm, I'm gearing up. Um, I'm getting my tech stack in order so that I can actually start streaming music again through my channels. Um, okay. because that's something that people have really been, um, encouraged by. So it's like it's completely non-political. <laughs> yeah. so sometimes we need a break from the political chaos. So I get oh, that. Yeah. Very. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I will certainly um prainmedic.com. I will certainly have a look. And out of out of shadows.org. I'll also that's another one. You always come away talking to guests with more things to read and look at, but I'll certainly check those out. Absolutely. Mary, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Been great having you, you on. It was great to meet you last week and it's so good to have you on and talk a little bit it's more great. in depth on information warfare. So thank you for your time today. 
Thank you so much for having me. And um, for my listeners who are here today, thank you for being here. And all the new people who showed up uh, who, who are not familiar with me, appreciate you tuning in. And um, we are going to have uh, Peter on the show. So please uh, make sure you're following him. Um, follow his website, uh, heartsofoak.org. Um, so that you can get familiar with the work that he is putting up. Um, we have somebody in the house today, Peter, I wanted to point out, I think you have, I, is it a Scottish accent? Our, well, Northern Irish. So, but I've lived oh, all over Ireland. Okay. Okay. But, okay. but we'll connect the Irish Scots connect together. So we're all good. Okay. Well, we have a Scot in the audience. Oh. So I, it was like, it was hard to tell in your <laughs> accent. Okay. So I probably just started like another world war here, but, um, <laughs> We'll not even get into UK politics. That's just very complicated. So. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. Okay. No, so, we're not much on that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, everybody. And thank you so much, Peter, for having me on the show. I so, so appreciate it. Thanks. Not at all. Not any time. And let's just, I'll finish off with the reviewers. Thank you so much for tuning in. And also, if you're listening later on Podbean or in the podcasting apps, you listen on the go. Thank you so much for downloading and using that service. And we will be back with you on thursday with another guest so thank you so much for tuning in enjoy the rest of your in the uk your freezing evening you can go out and find some snow and have some snowball fights if you wish uh, it certainly is chilly but we'll be back with you on thursday so thank you so much for tuning in and good night if you like what we do sign up to our mailing list donate share and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org thank you for listening